Hello, welcome to another episode of Fix Your Crown podcast through NerdsRule Inc. NerdsRule Inc. is an organization that promotes social change and exists with the purpose of training youth leaders and equipping them with tools that allow them to inspire change in their different communities. I am Matthew Filer, and I am your host for this episode. I'm so thrilled to be part of the Nerds Rule Inc. team and a podcaster for Fix Your Crown, and I'm excited to be joined with you today. This episode will focus on an organization called Friendship Circle, and my guests are two members of my local chapter of Friendship Circle that is located in northern New Jersey. So what is Friendship Circle? Friendship Circle, which was founded in 1994, is an organization that supports individuals who have special needs by making them feel included. The organization has over 80 regional chapters all over the world. Each individual chapter hosts events and provides for the particular needs of the individuals in their local community. A main value that the organization is founded upon is that every individual has a soul and every soul needs to be treated equally and feel included. Such ideas were amongst the core values taught by Rabbi Menachem Mendosh Nirsen of Blessed Memory, who is commonly known as the Rebbe. There are many different sub-programs within Friendship Circle. My local chapter, part of Valley Chabad in Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey, provides a number of programs within our larger umbrella of the Friendship Circle. First, there's Friends at Home, where children with special needs are paired up with a teenage volunteer or buddy. This volunteer strives to create an impactful and meaningful friendship with this individual so that an authentic connection can be made. Second, there is Sunday Circle, where children with special needs and volunteers are invited to participate in different themed programming. There's also Sports League, where children with special needs and volunteers are invited to play friendly and fun sports games together. Within this program, the participants learn skills that, regarding different sports games through drills, and they also learn what it means to be a good sport. Personally, I joined Friendship Circle when I was in high school and was paired up with my friend William. In high school, I used to visit Will at his house on a weekly basis and even did the basketball league with him. I'm still in touch with William and his mother, Laura, today. I encourage you to look up the organization to get to know even more information going forward. Now that you got a little bit of information about the organization, I'm super thrilled to have two guests with me today. I am joined by Daniela Granin and Sophie Sklar, who are currently volunteers for the same Friendship Circle local group that I belong to during my high school career. They are both about to enter their senior year of high school. They are part of Friendship Circle, and this summer, the summer of 2020, they were both the co-directors of Valley Chabad's Friendship Circle virtual program. It's amazing that they did this because in the midst of COVID-19, people need community more than ever. So good to have you both here. So first of all, let me just here introduce yourselves. I wanna hear from both of you. Daniela, we'll start with you and then we'll go to Sophie. Tell me a little bit about yourselves um, and then how you got involved in our local Friendship Circle chapter. Hi, I'm Daniela Granin. As you said, I'm an incoming senior this year. And I discovered Friendship Circle about two years ago, and um, I found it through just connections in my community and, you know, word of mouth, more kind of like that. And I thought it was, like you said, such a great community experience to have a sense of connection with one another and to have these children feel included and supported. And I just thought it was such a great thing. 
and we'll talk a bit more about, I guess, what made us start this summer program. But as you said, during this COVID-19 pandemic, community is more important than ever. And we felt it was so important to keep people connected with one another. I'm Sophie Sklar, and um, I'm a rising senior as well. And I go to uh, Bergen Academies. The reason I got into Friendship Circle is because I've always been a part of the synagogue since I was little and have done other um, Chabad-related activities. And SD actually, the Rebison, came up to me and asked me if I would want to participate in this program. And I thought it was like really amazing. And uh, that's how we got paired up with a girl named Alex. And uh, we've been doing that for the past two years almost. Wonderful. So now that our listeners know a little bit about you, and how you got involved in Friendship Circle. So I'm just curious, so Sophie, you sort of mentioned this a little bit before, but sort of what is, what does your Jewish identity, I guess, sort of look like? I feel like that's something that I'm still discovering as I'm only in high school, and I feel like that can change a lot throughout your life. But as of now, I've always been an active participant in uh, the temple, And I've been a volunteer for a summer camp at a different temple. I've done Hebrew school and had a bat mitzvah. So I've really been uh, pretty involved for most of my life. And I think that in some ways that does define your personality and the character traits that you have that are most important to you. Because um, in Judaism and, and all the activities that the temple provides, it's all about kindness and about charity. And I think that just makes for uh, better people. So I think that's what I really take away from being part of the synagogue. I completely agree with everything Sophie said. Um, Just to add to that, I I truly feel that my Jewish identity is a very defining aspect of who I am as a person. And it's just a part of my life that, you know, anywhere I go, I have something to connect to with other people. And I think all Jews can relate that it's, it's something that just stays with you through your whole life. And no matter where you go, it's something that you hold very dear to your heart. So yeah, I've been an active member in my um, community synagogue for practically my whole life and I wouldn't change anything about it. Awesome, thank you guys so much for that. So this summer program that you guys created, so tell me like what made you decide to start it? You both were the co-directors of Friendship Circle's virtual program in our our local chapter in New Jersey and work with like New Jersey. So what made you sort of decide to make this program and sort of what did that look like? How did it actually come to fruition? So even though we're actually friends, like we've been friends forever, we kind of had the idea completely separately. And then Essie told us that we had the same idea and then we decided to work together on it. Um, So I think that's kind of weird because we do know each other. But um, my original idea was to just have art classes for the kids because I can I could have taught art, but I and then Daniela had this idea to have a website and like have people pick their activities. So we kind of threw the ideas together mm-hmm. and came up with the program. Yeah, and I just generally, you know, as the quarantine went on and on, I kept thinking, oh, you know, friendship circle obviously has stopped. I wonder how these kids' days look like. What 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 are they doing? You know, what are they what's going on in their in their life? And um I just thought it would be so cool to have them busy with fun activities that they haven't been doing in what a few months now. Um, because I know how how much these kids did look forward to friendship circle meetings and the activities they did. I, I saw how much they enjoyed them. 
So I thought if we could do some virtual aspect of that, uh, like a Zoom version, um, I thought that could be really cool and successful. And it, it truly has paid off because these kids love it. And we also have a bunch of teen volunteers uh, that come and help us and do different, teach different classes. And a lot of them actually came to me like, because we have requirements at school to get volunteer hours. And I think now it's harder than ever considering all the opportunities to go volunteer, like uh, volunteer at a hospital, that can't happen. You can't go to a soup kitchen or a nursing home. It's very difficult to find something meaningful to do when you have all this extra time, you don't have anywhere to put it. So I think that creating this uh, has just been a great opportunity so my next question is, and you mentioned this a little bit, so what was the difference between, so did you create both the website and the actual sort of programming of the virtual program? Yeah, so when the idea kind of formulated, um, the first step was to create the platform itself. So we just thought to create a website to um, really explain what it was about, have a list of the activities, just kind of who we are, what we stand for, all of that. And then the next step was putting it into action. So reaching out to teenage volunteers, reaching out to families, and actually start the connecting process. But yeah, the first step was to create the website. And we used Google Forms uh, that were sent to the volunteers to see what kind of activities they'd want to teach, just their age, so we could have some data and see if they're a good fit for the program. And then we'd also send the same kind of things to the parents to see what kind of the activities they would want to see and if anyone had any ideas that we didn't think of. And um, we, throughout the entire experience, we actually changed our minds on how we're going to do everything a lot because just of, I don't know, how many people were going to participate, how many volunteers, like we, we were kind of unsure. We'd never really done anything mm -hmm. like this before. So yeah, it was a really flexible yeah. process. You guys were at the forefront of like creating it, creating like the idea creating the website, yeah. sort of seeing the flexibility and sort of getting that data of what people wanted and then sort of based on what people were asking or requesting within this sort of larger mm -hmm. idea that you were sort of creating this project, sort of making sure that those are the routes you were going down to sort of, I guess, like make sure that people were reaping the most amount of benefits. That probably tell you like a lot about not just, you know, like, oh, like you learn how to create a website, you learn how to deal with people. Like there's a lot of different facets that you're sort of touching upon in those roles and that must have been really cool to like touch into so many different like areas of like entrepreneurship and like creativity and like working with clients kind of and you know um however you want to sort of term it but in that way so yeah it totally was yeah a hundred percent it was really cool to see how our idea was kind of like changing as we went on and as we were getting more people involved and just seeing how things were going along because I would say from our first starting idea to now, the vision is while it's still there, the actual process that we took to get there is I think very different. And I think that's cool. And we also, uh, we, we were both constantly confused about like, there's just so much communication that needs to go down, like teens, parents, kids, and then like back from between us even, like it's just so much like we have to coordinate. And I think it's just been a really great learning experience considering I don't think neither of us have ever done anything so similar because even leadership positions in clubs or in student council at school, there's always someone there like if you mess up, right? Like someone's going to take the fall for you. Someone's going to tell you what to do. But there's never like just nothing completely new. Even if you, you know, start your own thing at school, someone's helping you as a teacher. Mm -hmm. But like now we were kind of just kind of figuring this out on our own. So it's just it was all very new and um, 
surprising that we honestly pulled it off <laughs> the way we did. <laughs> well, congrats. Mazel Tov. That is amazing. And I think like a lot of times if you go into, like there are some things that you sort of want to like hold on to that's like the values and it's like the mission of, you know, you want to sort of not create something totally new because then people are like, what is this new really shock people? But to sort of not be so set in stone in like something sort of be so that flexibility you guys are talking about is like in leadership um, is really like, like spectacular and really um, stands out. So yeah. So some of the particulars, so what programs ended up or types of classes or topics, I guess, are sort of touched upon um, during the virtual program? We have music class a lot where we'll have like a singer and someone playing an instrument, guitar, piano, whatever, and the kids will sing along, uh, which is one of probably our most popular and we have it a lot because the kids really love it. We also have art class, baking, read aloud, yoga, some fitness we've had, mm -hmm. I think a few times. The kids really loved, especially the music and the art, because it was um, something that they could truly like be engaged in, especially the music, because they would share the screen with the lyrics and they could read along and sing to it, it was, it was awesome. So they really loved that and the art and yeah, they, they loved all the Activities. We also had one-on-one -on -one chats. We didn't really do that throughout the whole summer, but we started off having that, which is just we would pair one volunteer with one kid, and they would um, have a conversation on the phone or on FaceTime mm -hmm. for just 10 or 15 minutes. And I, even though that doesn't seem like it would make that much of a difference, I think when just having someone have a commitment to you and like being your friend and genuinely wanting to hear about your day or just talk about sports or something, because a lot of the kids like follow like the NBA season or whatever. And I think it's really important to just continue to have those connections. And that's probably the most similar to the house visits that we had. And that's what we we're trying to replicate where the classes are more of something that we do as a group. So we just try to get every kind of aspect mm -hmm. in the program for the summer. Awesome. So I guess, Daniela, I'll ask you uh, this next question. How did you find the teens sort of to reach out to, to sort of say, hey, do you want to participate in our program? And was it weird sort of leading kind of your own peers? So the great thing about that was we already had um, like this community feel where um, we have these teen members who are already volunteering and, you know, spending their time with Friendship Circle. So what we did was we sent out the Google form, the volunteer form to these teenagers then we got some data from them, their age, you know, their contact information, and we got a bunch of replies. And yeah, so that power dynamic, it was interesting to, you know, plan things out with them. And most of them were really great at responding and staying on top of things. They were really eager to do these activities and participate. And yeah, they've really been great to work with, I would say. And what would you say about the participants, like the kids who sort of the program serving, you know, which is the children and you know sort of youth that friendship circle serves there's normally you know kids with special needs um did you find that they also sort of got a lot out of this program and oh definitely yeah i mean because they were while they had things to do it was every day kind of you know is the same during this quarantine i think all of us can agree on that um especially in the earlier months so i could see them really getting excited um in these classes and they were, I really do think it, it benefited them. And we got a lot of responses from parents even, just mm. saying how much they appreciated um, the program. And even though I wouldn't, it didn't take up that much time. We really had 30 minute classes probably every other day, two, two classes every other day. And that's like kind of 
I mean, it was a lot to coordinate, but like when you look at it, it's not like a lot of time. But I think that even like that little time where they got to even interact with their own like peers that they'd see at other friendship circle meetings, like not even just the team volunteers. I think that was really helpful to everyone involved. Awesome. So Sophia, this next question is for you. Um, do you think it was hard sort of doing this over technology versus like in person? Because <laughs> sort of when you like go to friendship circle normally and you see people sort of, you know, you're paired up with them, you sort of talk, but now you're like doing it over technology. Maybe kids could sort of, you know, especially sometimes with kids with special needs, it's a little bit hard to get their attention and keep them focused and keep them on track. So did you find it was a little bit hard doing it over technology or was it maybe better doing it because maybe you saw people's personalities come out more being at their house? I think I would say that it was overall a little bit harder to keep the kids involved. And that's why we ultimately chose to do only 30 minute classes because I feel like any longer, like everyone would just be distracted and it would also be you know, very hard to control. But I think that from our side of it, I think the fact that we know we've known each other doesn't really like affect the virtual thing because obviously we can meet in person, it what like with class or whatever. But it didn't it didn't seem like that big of a deal because we we were so close like um, on that side. So we didn't have a problem with it. It was just a little bit with like at first getting the technology to work and having everyone get used to putting in the Zoom links because it was still new at the beginning. So, um, yeah, overall, I'd say it was a little bit harder, but definitely uh, just as rewarding. And then, Daniela, for you, so this question is, so you guys got some, like, press, you know, both in the Jewish Standard and the you know, local paper. What was that sort of like being recognized or seeing your program sort of and letting the community know about this project that you were working on over the summer? Yeah, it was super exciting to see that. Um, it, was, it was great to know that people are actually seeing this and appreciating the time and effort that we put into it. it was super rewarding and I was really glad that the volunteers were recognized as well because they're also such a huge part of this um, but yeah I was I was super thrilled to see that and we also we have a group chat with all the volunteers that we just add them all in when they do a class and everything and we were sending them all the newspapers and just to see them excited about it also was like really really fun because they're like, oh, I was in the newspaper. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was really fun to see. Yeah. You probably like feed the energy to them to like letting them know about it. Then sort of that response of like, whoa, that's us. And we're being recognized. So we've been feeding that back to you sort of since it feels good in your community. So I guess I want to hear from both of your perspectives on this next question. So Nerds Roll Inc., our target audience is a lot of, you know, people your age or maybe a little bit younger, what would you say, what advice would you give for people who are, haven't yet, but sort of looking to get involved in their community, you know, you guys being involved in Friendship Circle, what would you say to people who are like, should I help out, should I volunteer, is it for me? I mean, I would say if someone is asking themselves the question, should I get involved in my community, the answer is 100% yes. I think there's absolutely no downside to, you know, giving your time and discovering not only what you can do to help other people, but I think discovering yourself as well. Because as I said before, it, it, it's such a, not not just self-rewarding but it's a fulfilling experience and um really like finding your identity through helping others so i think that if someone is wanting to get involved and in, whether it's you know their local synagogue any type of community experience i think 100 percent it's so valuable um in my opinion i think that there's just no downfall to it because even if you discover that like say volunteering with special needs kids, maybe that's not for you, maybe there's something else for you, but you can still make friends while you're there. You can still um, just, even just learning that something's not for you is a valuable lesson and you 
and learning that earlier on can be beneficial if you happen to run into something later. Um, and also, it, you never know what kind of opportunities it can give you because I think if you told me two years ago that um, we'd, we'd create our own summer program, like I wouldn't believe you, like it doesn't make sense. So, you know, you never know like what one thing can lead to another. So you should just try new things regardless. Yeah, I think that's both like I, I could attest because I was also part of Friendship Circle when I mentioned this earlier, but sort of giving back to your community, giving back to people who are in need. Um, so she's like who are living in the same town, the same area, sort of they're going through the same sort of things, you know, and it's and it's, you know, it's sometimes hard when you want to make change. It's, it's sometimes it's overwhelming, but sort of sometimes you start small, you start um, with people who are, you know, your neighbors or um, you make people feel included. And then sort of, yeah, that other idea of you never know where like one experience could lead to another or like what, you know, something on like even like a resume or something like that down the line that's saying that like this is a really great experience that you're going to be able to always look back on personally, but also like professionally as well, which I think is like super um, important and great. So my last sort of question for you guys is with COVID, it's like such a weird time. Um, are there any like self-care, any things that you guys are sort of trying to do to sort of take it easier sort of as this weird time in our society is sort of happening, sort of being like, eh, life's okay. Like I'm getting through it. Um, is there anything that you guys maybe might want to suggest for others who are listening, whether it be in, in terms of leadership or volunteering or just generally that maybe you might be like, oh, like this is something that's helped me get through COVID. I mean, I think um, everyone can really say that like from around when was it March to now, we've all had so much time on our hands to kind of self-reflect and just really settle down and you know take a look and reflect on things so I think doing that is like a really important um, step to take um, regardless of what it is you you're going through and you know what you're what you're doing but yeah it's, it's an unprecedented time for everyone and you know obviously we all want things to start going back to normal but until then um, stay connected with others, um, don't lose relationships, and yeah, just just focus on yourself, I think, first, and um, don't forget to keep in touch with others. I think that's really important. Uh, for me, I'm usually really busy with school and homework and a lot of activities, but I think this time has given me uh, a lot of, like, extra time to actually get into my hobbies again like I love to paint and do art and I think I got a chance to really do that again and that and even just experiencing having an art class that's also another way I could see one of my passions and I think that when you when you have time to do things that you love you should do that and you should think about you know the benefits of any situation even though this one seems pretty uh just negative all around but you know there's always something good in every way and you should try to just take the good out of every situation. I think that's great advice and great things to sort of take forward and sort of um, be reminded of. And so anything else you guys want to say as we wrap up or think that covered most of about the program and sort of volunteering in your community and helping out? We'd like to say thank you to Esti and Rabbi Yosef because of their help throughout all of this and just allowing us to even do this. Uh, so. I think they're a really uh, big contributor to the reason why it's a success. And we'd also like to thank all the volunteers who gave up a lot of their time to help us and to plan for their classes. So we think that's really great. Yes, and the families who were a part of this and let us help them and allowed us to make this a reality. 
Wonderful. Yeah, I think, you know, you guys did this amazing project and created it and thank you. And it's unbelievable. And when I heard about it from SD, actually, I was like, whoa, this is, you know, quite cool that you guys took the time. And, you know, you could have taken the summer off. You could have, you know, found a remote something else. You could have, you know, gone on vacation with your family. I don't know. But like sort of to be able to sort of take the time to plan this and work with other people. Um, thank you. And it also like in leadership that you guys sort of recognize is not just about you, but it's also about the people that inspired you. You, know, you mentioned Rabbi Yosef and Esti, and they're wonderful people and helping the community and sort of leading teams like you to continue to sort of be able to do this. And the participants, like there's so many different factors sort of add up to this holistic type of experience um, that you guys sort of recognize that and sort of are feeding back, feeding that back to the volunteers and the participants and everybody and family members and sort of um, making this still one big community and included community, which is really at the essence of what Friendship Circle is. And you sort of continue that through this program, the way that you're talking about it, um, just as it, you know, throughout the entire, you know, like stages you, you know, cared about other people in the community and making it sort of work out for um, you guys and everybody else. So thank you again. This was so wonderful to hear a little bit about you guys and your experience. I appreciate it. Again, I'm super inspired of what you did. And I hope other people listening will maybe be inspired to, you know, whether it be another virtual program in their local community, or even just helping out a little bit and sort of finding ways to help out or, you know, be included and give back is really important. So thank you so much for both of you guys sort of creating this program and being on this podcast. Let me a little bit about you both and the uh, virtual program you created through um, Valley Chabad's uh, Friendship Circle over the summer. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. And also thanks to the audience who tuned into this podcast. I hope you enjoyed hearing about Daniela and Sophie's stories and were inspired by them. I know I was. Please be sure to tune in to other episodes and future episodes and follow Nerds Rule Inc. on our social media pages in order to stay updated and posted on the amazing and impactful work that this organization continues to pursue. Again, I am Matthew Filer and thank you for joining us today.